For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or CrestwoodDental.com. Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. Gentlemen, I hate to immediately start with uh, something that's pissing me off, but if you don't, I had a Which little bit of an. Out of character. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very so much like so. You, very much so. <laughs> okay, but something happened to me yesterday, and I'm super annoyed about it, and I just got to talk through it. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, And it actually was a really lovely day. Uh, Mary and I uh, left the kiddos at home, and we went to the mall for a couple of hours, all right? A couple things that we had to get, but just, you know, some time for us to enjoy each other's company, right? While we were there, uh, in one of the particular malls, there is a record store, all right? And uh, in this record store, lots of vinyl and tons of band T-shirts. Tons, okay? This is in a mall? In a mall, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So my son... My youngest son, Dexter, through the show Masked Singer, has become a huge fan of Brett Michaels, okay? Loves Brett Michaels, loves Poison, calls him the god of rock and roll. You know what I'm saying? Real over-the-top stuff. Right. But it, it's my son's, you know, vision of music. It's just his thing. He yeah. likes Poison. Right. Who gives a rat's ass? Right. I agree, Dan. Right? So I we, like Poison. Okay, great. So we get to the store, all right? And I'm thinking to myself... Man, I, they got to have a poison shirt in here for the kid. Sure. So I look, 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 and I find one. All right? Awesome. Have his size, the whole thing. We're super stoked because he is going to be super geeked about this. Take it to the counter. All right? The guy that's supposed to check us out will not check us out because he won't touch anything that has poison on it because he hates the band so much. So he calls in the back for the other employee to come out and to check us out because he because ref- he hates poison that much that he can't check us out. And so he goes on as and, and, and as this is going on, there's some nonsensical BS hair rock playing in the store. Sure. He's wearing this old dude, you own an independent <laughs> store for one. You shouldn't be poking fun at what anybody's yeah. buying in just a money sense of things. And then, two, as a music person, man, it is not your job to judge what anybody likes or what anybody's listening to. You are not the captain he, of cool, you massive douchebag. Did he start bagging on the band, too? I mean, that's why he would not check me out. I'm, that's not, I'm not touching anything that has to do with and that this band. this is in front of your kid, too. No, no, no. It was just oh, me was and Mary. It? Okay. it was just me uh, and Mary. What did Mary say during this? Because yeah, I obviously she... see right now how you were probably handling it. Uh, well, no, no, no. I, I just kept saying, is this guy really being, is he really being this way about this? And he's, by the way, he's being serious. Mary can be about eight times scarier than Donnie. If, in a if heartbeat. It, if it comes to that. If one is fired up, the other counterbalances. Yes. Right? No, so yeah. you try to keep, yeah. so that nobody flies completely off the yes. rails. Yes, and, yeah. and I believe that that is, is, is how we work. And she said, you know, she was, he didn't mean it that way. He, bah, 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 bah. I worked at Slackers for five years. Okay, I have checked out more people buying more stuff that I don't like and don't care about. But 
I don't judge them when they're buying it at the damn counter. Can you imagine being a checker at Walmart just like, boop, huh? Bush light, huh? It just, it no, really. You know what I mean? Dude, it rubs. I would understand that more. <laughs> yeah, at Walmart. Me, sir, I would understand it sir, at maybe, a uh, music shop to where you're yeah. selling all kinds of vinyl and, and, and memorabilia and band merchandise. Like, I would understand more at Walmart where you're like, oh, I don't really like Bush light. Oh, yeah, I get it. Maybe you're a Bud light. Maybe you're a Coors light. I get it. But, like, I'm so annoyed. He may be in the wrong industry if he feels so bad about one particular band he can't touch anything. Over there. I just, I, I just, it, it, it turned. I, I, as I stand right now, I'm never going back to that dude's store ever again. So was he the, ask, I'm sorry. Was he the owner? I am fairly certain that it was. Wow. So this is where I wanted to go with my my follow up question, right. Donnie, if right, I may. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, is uh, the other employees who were there and the other employee who had to come and check you out, was this like a known thing? And he's like, we got another poison. You know, I can't touch that. Or no. Like, the, the, oh, like somebody else should have come over and well, taken no, care of the transaction? No, just the fact that he's such a donkey about it that everybody in the store knows, okay, no, it's be, a poison t-shirt. Because this girl made a big deal out of it. She's like, it's not like you're going to be like less cool if you touch a poison t-shirt or something. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so you I, had backers. I'd love to know how much his band was played on the radio if he hates poison so much. I, I'm going to tell you this. And here's another reason why it gets me. Like, if if I won a billion dollars, okay, and I could do any one thing, I would start my own record store. Mm-hmm. It's a dream. It's something I've always wanted to do. It's it, it would just be amazing. Okay, I even go through like like uh you know when there's um you know the the strip malls near my house. I go, man, that'd be a great front for a record store. Man, posters will look great coming out of that thing. Right. And so I just envision in my head how my store would be. And how I would want anybody, no matter what you listen to, the fact that you were coming to my store to try to find something cool to listen to, that would be an honor. Can you imagine? Hey, Donnie, you carry any jazz? Jazz, get that stuff out of here. No, That's crazy. But, no way. No, but what I would say is, listen, I don't know a lot about jazz, but here is what I have. And if you yeah. think there should be more added to this section or something that I'm missing, let me know. And it, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just bothers me so much that he was, like, being, like, the keeper of the cool. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, brother, you ain't the keeper of nothing. You can't even trim your friggin' beard, for Christ's sake. I wonder like, how long ago he got fired from the RFT. I, um, <laughs> did I say that out loud? But it just, dude, it did just... Did he have a backpack on? No, he, no, he did not. But I would, you know who I'm talking I about. I would wear a backpack, though. Right, so can, I, can I throw something out that fired me up a little yeah. bit? Yeah. Wow, this is fun. Usually, okay, it, I like it, this. It fired me up, but I, I don't know if I'm fired up like this is a badass thing or if it's a douchey thing to do. Okay. You know how in the Walmarts now they have the scan and goes yeah to where there's in the walmart i go to there's a little hub and there's four of them you know the boom 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 right and then there's a lady who works there just in case there's something wrong yeah kind of you know checking you out making sure that if you're if you're buying liquor you got the id that's right Right. and this isn't one of those aisles that it's uh 10 items or less or whatever it's a self-scanner there's no item limit none of that stuff Mm -hmm. We roll up there. We had like five or six things. There's a couple people behind us, a couple people in front of us. All four of the self-scans were going, right? So somebody was using them all. First lady over here to the left had a handful of things. She was boop, boop, getting through it. Another lady over here had a full cart by herself scanning everything. That's fine. I don't care. There's no rules about that whatsoever. Tell me if this is a douchey move or not. So there was two other self-scans, right? And there was one cart overflowing with stuff two people a man and a woman let's just assume they were spouses 
and they were grabbing from that cart and using two self-scans. Douche. Okay. Now, think about it before you say hang that, on, though, because my first thought was douche as well, and I know what you're going to say. So go ahead and say it. Okay, so here's where I go with it, is they're trying to not clog up the scan and go for longer than need be, so they're going to task it together at the same time, get rid of the cart faster, because they're both scanning at the same time, pay for it and get the heck out of there. Now there's two scanners available. Now, okay. see, I thought that, too. I thought that exact same thing, and that may be the case, but while you're watching it, yeah. It's so bad to watch because you got so many people waiting with their one card, and here's two people with one card taking two scanners. But I get what you're saying, too, so I don't know if it's a you know, G. Man, is it a G move or is it a douche move? It's, it's a tough call. And also, you were assuming they're a couple. What if they're like boyfriend-girlfriend, still having different domiciles, and they both shop together one cart instead of banging around two carts all over the Walmart, and they're like, okay, mine, because I have done this before, gotten to the checkout with someone who is not my wife or whatever or my kids, and just be like, okay, we ring it all up. You know, here's yours. You walk through, and then I ring mine up. Like, yeah, well, that makes same, sense. But yeah. it's the same thing. But yeah. man, it just the the, mm. the optics I mean, it could be it the same you, thing. We don't yeah. know their situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Being the person who was there, I'm 98 percent sure that it was just a couple that was just together, uh, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I see what you're saying. You don't know the story behind you don't know. it. You should have been at all. Jeff. I was going. <laughs> I was going to. So, uh, what's your guys' but relationship? The, uh, but the leash wasn't that long. <laughs> you guys Instagram public yet? <laughs> Because when we go out, Julie puts the harness on me, you know, with the thing. <laughs> Make sure you can't Puts get too far away from it. <laughs> Although that one's more of a patented leather. <laughs> All right, I'm going to I'm going to settle. I'm going to settle a much down. Much larger okay. clip. I'm going right. I'm to I'm going to very much settle down now. Sorry, fellas. I didn't mean to start it in such a it no, starts no, a negative way. The like juices are flowing, man. It start, starts to well, negative. It's not like we're going to have hockey to talk about for a while, right? Man, that's a real bummer. A week and a half without hockey. And like yeah. the All-Star game is fun and stuff, but like at that at that point, I'm just praying nobody on our team gets hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like yeah. Th- th- that's it as much as anything. And I think that it's fun. But I, I, I never feel like I watch the whole game, you know what I mean? I watch a little. Overall, I think all-star games are a bit silly. I think especially with hockey, with, like you said, such a chance of getting hurt. And football, too, but I don't care about football. But it, uh, hockey, I think it should just be the skills competition. Not that you can't get hurt right. doing that. But still, I think skills competition, have a weekend, have an alumni game, because who cares if alumni gets hurt, you know. What? That, what? <laughs> You're not wrong. But, you know, my question to you is you – you prepare yourself for this long season in the off season and you continue to take care of your body during the season. But when you're off for this long, what is it? What do you do? Does the team still get together? Do you just, are you just on your own? And then can I add to that? Like, are you, uh, you having some fun meals? You know what I mean? Like, are you, you know, like, are you, you getting to maybe have a steak? (laughs) No, man. Like, you know, maybe just something that's not your normal routine. Just crush some White Castle just one time. So I don't know the the rule here of what exactly is going on because their break falls on the All-Star break and they didn't have games lined up. So Craig Berube will have probably internal rules as well as far as, you know, how long guys can leave town, when they need to be back. Uh, I guarantee that today, like in my day, uh, this would have been a free-for-all. Right. Uh, guys, I'll see you in 10 days. <laughs> Hopefully. If, I, if they let me back into the country. Like right. that kind of a thing, you know. And fun meals? Yeah, Donnie, there would have been a lot of fun meals, a lot of fun, period, dot, okay? Uh, but based on what I know of today's NHLer, 
They'll take a couple days here. You know, like uh, I know uh, three or four of them went to the Chiefs game. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Had some fun. Um, And this team, as we know, they like to have their fun. So they'll throw back a few drinks. They'll have a couple of really nice meals. They'll probably relax for a few days. I'd say maybe three days. And then kind of gently get back into getting on the bike or uh, massage therapy or whatever treatments they need. All that will be made available to them if they're in town. And then Chief will have a deadline when he wants everybody back in town. And they just start to gently get back to work. There's no... This is not going to be the knockdown, drag them out, like, oh, hey, this party time. It's like spring break. No, it's not. Uh, and you do have a number of guys who have been nursing some smaller injuries and some bigger injuries throughout the season. This is a great time for those guys to get 100% healthy. Can, can you uh, can you talk about the importance of these days off? You know what I mean? Like just kind of broad scheme for the team, for the players. I know it's all about, I mean, is it really just about the rest and the recharge mentally and physically for what's going to come for the next few months? Yeah, I think more so than ever with this damn COVID stuff, you yeah. know, because uh, this team has been nailed with COVID for the, for the most part of this season. And we know it's like what, 21 or 22 guys of the entire roster that have had it. That's not including coaches and other staff members. So it's a good time to you know, recharge you know, mentally, physically, and, and kind of get away from it all and then come back hungry. It's amazing what does. Like, I remember getting two and three days off in in the middle of a season, and it wasn't it wasn't 11, mind you, but two and three days off. You know, And the first day, you're like, okay, great. The second day, you're like, oh, this is awesome. The third day, you're like, man, I'm jonesing to get back to the yeah, land. Like, yeah. I, I'm missing being at the rink. I'm missing the guys. I'm missing being out on the ice. You miss that competing, that adrenaline. You miss all of that stuff. So it actually, what it does, it starts to, to fuel a fire inside of you to like where you just can't wait to get back and get back to work. And then you're looking ahead and you think to yourself, okay, now we're going to have a healthy roster. The guys come back in. You, you know, Everybody talks about how much fun they had or what they did or whatever. And it's just this, this energy that you can create within the group. So hopefully that's what happens with the Blues. You're talking about COVID and you're talking about injuries and stuff. And, and unless I've completely missed it and I'm an incredibly sharp, attentive person, mm-hmm. <laughs> what's is there a Logan Brown update of some sort? I haven't heard He's healthy. Nothing. Oh, so he's just been a healthy scratch. Yeah, he's been a healthy scratcher of late. Is that surprising to you? Because no. I, I know you've been Logan Brown as opposed to Clem Costin for quite mm-hmm. a while, but is it just the wrong spot? Can I answer this question? Oh, Donnie, and, feel free. And, and, how, and this is how I think you would answer the okay. question. Well, no, I want you to answer it the way you want to answer it. All right. Donnie. Well, well like you're answering authentic. me, so you're snarky well, and, and kind of a jerk about it. <laughs> well, yeah. I thought, I, first and foremost, I thought Coach Barubi had said that Logan Brown deserves the minutes of somebody getting that's in the top nine. So if he's not going to get top nine minutes, then he, I guess, just doesn't think that, you know, Logan should be subjected to fourth line minutes, uh, supposedly. And also, too, and here's like, here's me feeling like I'm smart. Don't you have to play Clem Costin right now if you think that he could be a trade chip? Because if you're sitting him, doesn't that lessen what you could potentially get for him? And then if he does produce something, then you're only adding to that trade value. Is, is that it all makes sense? You got a lot of pieces of it there, Donnie. Uh, no, you, here's where it is. Is Logan right. Brown, uh, he, he, is, he profiles more as a top nine forward with his skill set and his abilities, and, and certainly his size helps, but he's not a banger, right? He's not going to get out there and play that big physical game. He plays it physical when he has the puck, meaning it's tough to get the puck from him, and he's got a big body in front of the net. 
But his role in the future lies in the top nine with the Blues. And Clem Costin's had a bumpy road this year with injuries and COVID, and then he got sent down and called back up. And that, that wasn't a punishment. It was just trying to get him going again. Yeah. I think they still have to see what they have in Clem Costin. Mm-hmm. I think they're trying to figure out, you know, what is this kid's ceiling? And to your point, I don't know if it's necessarily pumping up his trade value. Okay. I think it's uh, seeing what you have first to see if he's even something you would part with. Whether you say, okay, I think we're, I think we've seen enough here, or, ah, you know what, I've seen something here, and we're not parting with this kid. And Logan Brown finds himself in a little bit of a different situation. The Blues traded for him, uh, so they wanted him. I uh, spent some time in Springfield. He's been called up. He's done everything they've asked him to do, so much so that James Neal was waived and sent down to the minors, and Logan Brown is still on the roster. So. I think it's baby steps for Logan Brown within this organization. I think Craig Berube has been very upfront and honest with him, and I think the kid is still learning uh, what it's like to be a St. Louis Blues player and getting that extra work every day and learning more and more every day is going to benefit him. He'll get back in the lineup very soon, even if it's on the fourth line. Chief will get him some reps because the kid has earned it. Right, See, and, that, and that's what the thing I don't understand. And, and explain it to me because I know you're right. I just can't wrap my brain around it. If Logan Brown is that good, and why not get him any minutes that you can? And I'm thinking Steen played the fourth line a couple, two, three that's years ago. That's a whole different ago. animal. Right, Jeff. it is, but that's what's in animal. my head. Having him on the ice at all, I would think, would help with his development. Yeah, but you also have Clem Costin you have to develop. Sure. You have two players that play the exact same position that you have to develop. So what are you going to do? Well, you have to split the time. No, I get that, but are they splitting the time? When was well, the last time we saw Logan, Logan Brown? Logan Brown's only been a healthy scratch for two games. Okay. Right. To my knowledge. Why does it seem like it's been it, longer? Well, there was a bit of a gap there in between some of the games. We had okay. a three-day gap and then a couple. Like, it was like over the span of last week, I think the Blues have played, what, two games? Maybe three at the most if you look at the actual yeah. calendar week. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he did have an illness that was not COVID-related. Right, right. So that held him out. So I think, I think it's been two games that he's been healthy scratched. That's oh, wow. It. Okay. Sure seems like a lot more than that. I just want the guy to get back in there. I yeah. just uh, no, really I enjoy watching him I play. I do, too, but this is, the, this is the, um, the conundrum you have when you have young players that are occupying the same position and they both need development. you got to try and find them minutes, and the Blues are deep. This is a blessing and a curse for right. young players is when you have this much of a deep roster, uh, there's not a whole lot of opportunity sometimes, and the Blues have been playing pretty well. You know, well, well uh, the first period against Winnipeg was great. The last mm. two periods, not fantastic. But up to that point, they had been playing pretty well. So, uh, you know, obviously, as we get a little closer to the trade deadline, you know, we'll hear names, you know, thrown around. And and one of the names that I think we have internally talked about in big deals for, you know, your Jacob Chickrens or whatever is Scott Perunovich. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about this young man, and the, obviously the unbelievable amount uh, of, of potential that you see in him, to trade him, I would think that it would have to be a significant return for the Blues. Is he a guy that's less likely to get moved than, say, Jake Neighbors? Or how do you kind of see that breaking down, man? Like, Or maybe even a better question, who do you see as, as maybe the, the, the most likely targets to potentially be moved or who would be you know players that other teams would be looking at? Well, the Blues have a ton of players that teams would be looking. Right, but I guess that we would, that they would, you know. They they could actually have a conversation Um, about, yeah. Doug Armstrong is not going to be very willing to part with anybody. 
Now, will he have to? Well, yes. I think at some point you'll have to, for one reason, you'll have to clear out some salary cap, no matter what that number is, to fit in a player that you're bringing in. As far as Scott Perunovic is concerned, I think the only time you contemplate moving him is for a Jacob Chikrin. He's off the board for anything else. Okay. Like, there's no chance. And the only reason I say this is because both players are the same age. And Jake, Jacob Chikrin is more advanced in his career, and he brings something a little more to the lineup than what Scott Perunovic can bring. And you have Tori Krug, what, for another six years or five years that occupies a very similar role to Scott Perunovic. And Tori Krug is doing a really good job. Boy, he's been yeah, so good this year. Yeah. So when you look at it, you have a young player that what could be, and we've seen it, no, but or you have Tory Krug that you know what right. you have. So, again, I think the only way you part with a young player like a Scott Perunovich is if you're finding a player that's equal or better and that has value. And Jacob Chikrin would be that guy. Yeah, because Perunovich is the is somebody you hope Chikrin turns into, but he's already that guy. So that's that's why you kind of want him. Right away. Uh, well, is no, what I'm I think saying. that when I look at it, Jacob Chikrin's more of a top four all around defenseman in the NHL. And right now, Scott Perunovich is kind of one dimensional. Yeah. He's absolutely dynamic with the puck and with his quarterbacking abilities in the power play. But you also have Tori Krug, who's, I look at them as very similar in, in size and, and in style of play. You can't have a bunch of Tory Krugs on your defensive core, which right, yeah. I know that sounds crazy because he's no, playing so well. You'd get rolled. You get yeah. you could get rolled. So yeah. a Jacob Chikrin, who's like six two, six three, two twenty five, uh, skates as fast as probably as fast as Colton Pareko, and like now all of a sudden you have this beast on your blue line. That would be the only way I would part with a Scott Perunovich is if I found a guy that I thought in the now is an improvement. Okay. This is a weird question, and you're going to look at me funny, and that's okay. Okay. But, Funnier than I currently and, and this, yeah, and, and this is definitely a fan-type question, mm-hmm. I feel like. But when it comes to Perunovic, sometimes uh, Robert Thomas, I feel like there are opportunities where our guys could take the shot, and they pass up the shot to someone else. They defer. Now, I understand that's part of Robert Thomas's game, and I understand that's part of Scott Perunovic's game, as well. But Jamie, my question, man, is do you see us maybe trying to make one pass too many or trying to make, I don't want to say make it look pretty, but again, being a team player to move the puck around instead of getting it, having a good shot and letting it go. As a person who was at the game Thursday, I can tell you that people weren't yelling shoot enough. <laughs> That'll do it. I think that's what it was. You're slacking, people. You're I actually, slacking. I saw Robert Thomas look up at the crowd and go, what do you want to do? What? I don't know what to I do. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Nobody told know. me. Nobody's yelling pass. <laughs> I don't know what to do. No. Um, yes, it is something that you have to start to incorporate into your game. Robert Thomas, I think that Craig Berube is, he gets frustrated at times. I can imagine that Robert Thomas looks for that one more pass or he has a grade A scoring chance and defers it to someone else. I think Robert Thomas, he's still learning. Yeah. He's still learning. He's a young player and he's really dynamic and he's really frigging good. He's so good. He's so fun to watch and he will add that to his repertoire. You know, Doug Waite used to be a guy that was a pass-first mentality, super skilled. I mean, think back at Doug Waite, the skills he possessed back in that era where, you know, he's doing the spinoramas and he's opening up the hips and he's making plays behind the back passes. Very, um, you know, at the top of the class when it came to, like, that skill set. And he ended up shooting the puck a lot more. He ended up becoming more of a hungry goal scorer. And I think Robert Thomas, uh, he will do the same thing. And what Robert Thomas has to realize is the more you shoot, 
the more it's going to open up the pass because people are going to now have to start respecting the shot. And when that happens, you're going to draw defenders and goaltenders to you. And that pass that you're trying to get through right now, it will still be available, except that player will be more wide open and the other team will be less suspecting of that player getting the puck. So the shot will open up the pass for Robert Thomas. That makes sense. So you're saying shoot more, which will, like right now, Robert Thomas has the puck. Everybody pretty much thinks he's going to pass it. Yeah. So just you shoot. You now you have two dimensions to your game. Gotcha. That's exactly it. I mean, I remember playing against guys like Craig Janney and even Adam Oates back in the day. Yeah. You didn't really respect their goal scoring ability because you're like, they're looking for the pass. So what do you do? Kind of more of a zone. You very, you know, don't really challenge the puck carrier, which in this case would be Robert Thomas, and let him kind of skate himself into trouble or try to force a pass that isn't there because you guys are covering it all. Whereas when I played against a guy like Bill Guerin, Billy Guerin was coming down the wing, I knew he wanted to shoot. So I knew I had to get in that shot lane, get a stick on the puck, get a body over there. And then when Billy Guerin made a pass, I was like, oh, damn. He made a pass. What the hell? <laughs> hey, Billy, Billy, you're not supposed to do that. You know, and so by shooting the puck, that makes people respect the fact that you could score. It opens up other possibilities for you. So uh, the uh, Last Minute Blues podcast is brought to you by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. You know, Jeff brings up a really great, great question. After the break, is Huso back? Is is he the guy that yeah, starts the he first game Actually, he's required to come back. <laughs> Well, I don't thank know. you, Jamie. I didn't come back. Jamie said I didn't have to come back. No, I <laughs> said he did have to come back. <laughs> thank you, Jamie. I appreciate it. Yeah, like his contract's for the full season. Hey, yeah, right, not for the just oh, the cool. first half. <laughs> thank you, man. A quick follow up to Donnie's question: <laughs> Do you think Huso will be starting in goal when the when the games uh, restart? I would. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, you know, Andrew Marsh brought up uh, from the fast. They brought up some great statistics, just saying that after the, lo- the last pause uh, over the holidays where the NHL was like, whoa, we're going to pause it for COVID and all mm-hmm. that stuff. The first few games back, the, the scores were astronomical. Like, you know, seven, five, nine, six, like craziness like that. And so if that's the case, because we go back to that, because we even talked about that way back then, is to play defense is something that you're in it every day. You're in it every day. And when you get away from it, you come back and you forget a little bit of how how hard you have to play on defense. And so you open it up a little more, and that's where the opportunities for both teams happen to score goals. So based on that, based on that, I would come back with Huso for the original game and maybe the second one. I don't know. I can't remember the timing exactly, but then they go on the road up to like Canada and they do like Ottawa, Montreal, something. I would anticipate Jordan Bennington getting a couple of those games, try to get him back in the, in the fold. Is, is the blues goaltending situation with Bennington, with Huso, with Hofer, with is, is it getting to the point where one of these cats, obviously not Bennington or even really Huso, when does it become that those become valuable trade ships or, or things that people, because obviously goaltenders are, yeah. are you know, it's, it's, it, there's only a, a finite amount of them. So I would, would assume that if, if you've got a few in the pipeline, that there's going to be people that are going to know that and going to want to offer a lot for one of them. Yeah. So goaltending is the toughest thing to develop. And ordinarily, if you're making a trade, of a goalie, it's either your starting goalie or your backup goalie because the eyeballs from the league are on those guys. And 
even though they have scouts that scout all the American Hockey League games, the, there's always an asterisk because, like, well, it's against American Hockey League shooters. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys are career minor leaguers. Some of these guys may not even be in the American League. Come next year, they might be either out of hockey or like, you don't have the greatest players yeah. in the world shooting on those goalies. So mm-hmm. sometimes when you scout the minors, goalie has inflated numbers. You're like, man, oh, man, right? But then you get in the NHL, it's a little bit of a wake-up call. So ordinarily, the trades come from the goalies that are on your current roster. The Blues have an interesting situation because, yeah, they have some riches right now. they got Colton Ellis, who's a great young goaltender, uh, that set records in the Quebec League coming up. They have Joe Hofer, who we know he's touted to be the next guy in line as far as at least getting an opportunity in the NHL. Played well when he was here. You got Chucky Sideburns, Charlie Lindgren, who has bounced around a little bit, but you can't argue with a 5-0 and yeah. for this guy. Then you have Billy Husso and Jordan Binning. So you have five goalies that, I wouldn't say they're NHL goalies, but five goalies that are in a conversation. So if I'm the Blues, if I'm looking to move a goalie, most teams are going to look at your current roster and probably want one of those. And right now, Jordan Bennington with the contract and with the question marks and the uncertainty, not for us, but even just the outsider looking in, that's probably not going to happen. Vili Husso, yeah, he would get some attention for sure. But, again, your next guys in line, are they ready? Right. And look how long it took Vili Husso to get to the NHL. Look how long it took Jordan Bennington to get to the NHL. Yeah. Like, it's not an easy thing to do. Okay, so you have to be very careful. Okay, so the perfect trade for whomever you want to come back to the Blues is happening. But I'm the guy, the GM that I'm dealing with you, but I want one of those two goalies. Which so one do you give me? You're, you're trying, like, my... Yeah, the trade that you want. Yeah. The, the guy that's out there that you want, whether it's a Kachuk... Oh, boy. ...or whomever it might be, the piece that you want for your team... We've put a package together. It's mm-hmm. this person, this person, and this person. But I want one of those two goalies. What do you do? Well, if it's for a Matthew Kachuk, I give them whatever goalie they want. Really? I think yeah. I, I think I would too. Well, because you got to f- imagine if they say, "Oh, we want Jordan Bennington." Well, now you have Billy Husso, who's emerged, and then you still have some great young guys that you can try to let them fight for the backup role. Uh, in the future, or if they say, "Oh, we like Billy Husso," well, you already have Jordan Bennington, who's a Stanley Cup champion, who I personally still believe in big time. That can get you back to that dance. So, if you're if you're giving me or trading me Matthew Kachuk, I'm f- I'm figuring out the rest of it later. You just, but you, you just can take have, whomever you want. Yeah, take your pick. <laughs> I think you. I would too. And that, what a great problem to have. And that's no disrespect to the those goalies. It's no. just that that's such an elite player that brings such a unique skill set to the league, let alone your team, and you have, like you just said, the riches of having at least some guys in the stable where you're like, you're not going to be left sitting there going, oh, boy, who's going to go now? Right. Can I ask a, a Matthew, Matthew Kachuk question real quick? Why would homeboy want to sign with Calgary again? Outside of the fact, you know, outside of money and a, and a big deal, like I just feel like that situation with him in Calgary is ultimately going to lead to him going somewhere else. I just can't see my that only, I see that guy being there for a long time. My only concern, and I brought this up to uh, to him last time, is that they're actually doing well this year, and is that going to hinder things, and is that going to make him want to stay there? Uh, there's a lot of things that could come into play here because Johnny Goudreau, who's on his line, and those guys are just tearing up the NHL right now, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. So now what do the Flames do with that money, and what do the Flames do to replace that guy? 
That's going to be a big thing, too, for Matthew Kachuk to sit mm. back and digest and go, okay, are we filling that void with another elite NHL player that can be my centerman and that can play as well as Johnny's been playing? Or are we just going to wing it? And then we go through a horrible rebuilding, all that crap again. So I think the team will dictate a little bit of what Matthew Kachuk's mindset might be. And then you also have to look at if the team doesn't offer him a long-term deal. Let's say they say, let's do another two-year deal, or we'll give you your qualifying offer. Wouldn't that be insulting to him? (laughs) It is. It is. Uh, And now he might say, I don't want to sign a long-term deal. Um, They might say, oh, well, we're going to make you our captain, like they did with his brother Brady in Ottawa. Ottawa signed him to a six-year deal and made him a captain. It was like, you're you're the guy. Uh, Calgary Flames could take that approach and just say, look, Matthew, you're our captain. We want you for the next seven, eight years at you know this dollar amount. We'll give you whatever you want, not mo- not money wise. We give you something that's competitive, but we'll give you your no movement clause. We'll give you a full power of your career, and then Matthew Kachuk will have a decision to make. But again, I think it's going to come down to when you have a player of that ilk, where he asks the management, "What are your future plans? Where do you see us going?" Because you got Jacob Markstrom, he's a good goaltender, but he's getting older. He's probably got another couple of years, and then that's about it. Then on defense, you're okay. Not great. You're okay. This team is a middle-of-the-pack team that's kind of outplaying what they should be right now. And if that's the case and you start losing some parts in the offseason, then that team could spiral a little bit. And Daryl Sutter, uh, he's had some great success in the NHL. He has a shelf life. And the shelf life includes just breaking people's spirits at times. You know, yeah. Yeah. he just like beats you down. And so where is this team a year from now or two years from now when guys are sitting there going, oh, my God, I don't even know if I can play in the NHL anymore because this guy hates me so much. There are lots of factors involved with that. I know you didn't play for him, but Brian Sutter, is he like that, too? They're all it's, kind it, of like it that. It seems like to me. <laughs> it seems like they would be cut from the same cloth. It yeah. seems like to me. <laughs> the twins weren't, though. Richie this, and Ronnie were super mellow. It seems like they always had a smile on their face. Yeah, they're but nice it seems guys. like to they're me this, nice guys, this conversation has happened with the Blues and Brian Sutter before. Hey, Brian, we're putting together this Blues alumni thing. Nope. Okay, thanks, Brian. <laughs> That's that conversation has happened a million times, has it not? Oh, I don't know about the alumni stuff. Well, whatever. Um, uh, the, well, uh, I don't want you to paint him with that brush. Oh, like, yeah, you know, you're no. right. Not alumni. Like, hey, we're doing this thing before a game uh, down at down at the center. You want like a, a banner raising yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever? Hey, Brian, you want to be a part of that? Nope. All right, thanks. Bye. He, Brian's a great dude, man. Um, I, I knew him a little bit once I was drafted here, and, and then I got to know him again through just other stuff in the NHL, and then. Uh, with the Winter Classic, the Alumni Winter Classic, he came back. And he, he's a he's a hardcore dude. There's yeah. no doubt about it. But I love Brian Sutter. I mean, what you see is what you get. Uh, a lot of that is with Daryl, too. Mm-hmm. What you see is what you get. And Richie and Ronnie were uh, a little more mellow as far as the Sutters go. And Dwayne Sutter, he was, uh, he was a great player, too. I had him down in Florida. He was one of our assistant coaches. Not as hardcore, but still pretty darn hardcore. It's just kind of who they are. Did, yeah. did all the Sutter boys make it in the NHL? I think all but one. Wow. Yeah, and they made him change his last name. I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> Poor guy, man. You would have to. Um, I don't know how much time we got here, and I don't know where go, we are in time life, here. Jeff. But you know how uh, Keith Yandel uh, just broke the record for the Ironman yeah. uh, streak most We talked about him last yeah. week, yeah. Yeah. So do you guys, did you, you, guys, I mean, you probably know this, Jamie, the Gary Unger yeah. uh, uh, part of this story. So he's now, I think he's like sixth on the list or something like that. 
but he had a, a very, very long consecutive streak, 600 and something mm-hmm. or whatever it was. He was sitting on the bench during a game, and the coach did not put him in the entire game, and it screwed his Ironman record. Oh. And it was after the Blues traded him. He bounced around to one or two teams, and it was in a game in St. Louis, and the dude did not put him on the ice the entire game, according to the article. And this is an email that somebody sent to just to me, but I read up on it. And, like, players on the bench were like, Gary, get out there, get out there. And the coach wouldn't let him go out there. So that's a, so that's the time to where if I'm one of the leaders on the team, I'm grabbing the, the forward that Gary Unger is supposed to, the center, left wing, any forward for that matter, and I'm telling him, hey, listen, as soon as the puck's dropped, you skate to the bench. Gary, you're going on. Yep. I don't care. Get benched next game. You know, have the coach scream at you. Just everybody. Like, the, the meeting. Okay, so here's the way I would set it up. Between the second and third, coaches are out of the room. I'd say, hey, listen, guys, we're going to have Gary get on the ice. Nobody get up when so-and-so changes. Nobody act like they know what's going on. Gary, you jump on. And just because, hey, nobody jumped on. And, you know, so the coach can get mad that Gary jumped on. But same token, you're like, well, nobody even knew. Nobody was responding. Say, coach, I'm sorry. I know you probably didn't want me to go on, but we, we were short a guy. Jump on, skates, touch the ice, game played. And then then at that point, you have management and players and leadership that can now talk to the coach and go, what the hell are you doing here? Yeah. Like, well, according why to are this, you doing this? According to this email, the guy and, his, and the coach's name is... Uh, Mike Keenan? No. Goes, <laughs> I was going to say, that's a Keenanism. Yeah. Or Mike Babcock. Al McNeil? Do you know Al McNeil? Or do I know, you know that name? Al McNeil. And yeah. he said he did it because it was such a distraction. The streak was a distraction. He wanted to put an end to it. Oh, my God. And when asked, Gary Unger was like, coach's decision. He well, wouldn't, Gary, Gary and, wouldn't yeah. go out there. Like the, the, pro, His teammates dude. were saying, go, go, go. And he said, nope. Coach's decision. Wow. Gary Unger is one of the nicest guys ever, too. I love when he comes back for alumni events. Very soft-spoken, very very genuine person. Yeah, I, I met him once at the All-Star he, yeah. alumni thing. Just a great it, dude. And still has the flow, too. He does. I'm kind of wow. jealous. Not kind of. I really am. Jealous. I'm jealous of anybody that has that kind of flow. Why, Donnie? Yeah, I don't I'm get it. Yeah. What? Fine. As you're blinded by the, by the glare of my head. Gentlemen. Just the sparkle in your I eyes. Just assumed you, <laughs> I just assumed you shaved it all the time. What are you talking about? Gentlemen. The good news is you got a great skull on you. Well, that, thank that you. That would be did bad you if you did not. Great sc- skull. Never mind. Last Minute Blues Podcast. Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. Share us with your hockey-loving friends. And as always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.